0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones podcast. Today I want to share with you a little snippet from one of the Root Cause Program's weekly educate calls. So we have a weekly Wednesday call and a weekly Friday call, the Wednesday calls, we're always learning about a new topic or doing a deep dive into something gut or hormone related, and the Fridays is kind of like BYO questions (laughs) to the call, anything you've been struggling with that week, anything on your check-in spreadsheet you're struggling with, anything in the Facebook group you've posted that's a little bit more comprehensive. Uh, Yeah, so they're really fun calls, and I think this episode will give you some insight into Into the root cause program, some of the things that we cover in detail, especially when it comes to dietary changes, um, and really just nutting out how important they are. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. But before we jump in, I want to run you guys through taking a greens powder and what one of my favorite greens powder is. So We know that a lot of the food we eat today is quite nutrient depleted because of the soils it's grown in. It can lack diversity. So sometimes our diets just need a whole food greens powder to ensure you're getting the variety of nutrients that your body needs to function optimally. So some really important things to avoid when choosing your greens powder, and this goes for any protein powder or food supplement, is things like Artificial sweeteners, artificial colors, artificial flavors, uh, sugars, emulsifiers, basically any ingredient that has a number in brackets after it. So I like taking greens powder just to expose you to a broader range of nutrients, probably some that you're not quite getting from your diet. And it's a great way to consume nutrients from plants that don't always taste too good on their own. So when you're looking for a greens powder, look for something like Vitality Switch. So something that has antioxidants, collagen in it, medicinal mushrooms, adaptogens, probiotics, digestive enzymes, and ingredients that are going to support liver detoxing. Okay, so... I like Vitality Switch just because it has a good blend of nutrients um, and it covers a range of different ingredients, which are great for you. So if you're looking for a greens powder, really just to supercharge your diet and give you that extra kick, check out Vitality Switch. You can find it on switchnutrition.com.au, which is linked into the show notes. Uh, Jump on their website and you can use the code SHEZ, so S-H-E-Z, at the discount for a checkout uh, at the discount for a checkout at the checkout for a discount there you go ready to get into today's episode enjoy guys and let me know what you think hello and welcome to the empowered hormone podcast where we pull apart all those taboo topics periods parasites poos hormones and more let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain, and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Awesome. So today I'm just going to briefly chat about Hacking SIBO, just because I always get so many questions around this. So I just think it's really important to understand a little bit more about the SIBO diet, why we do it, and common questions that I have um, on SIBO, because so many of you guys do sort of want to know, um, yeah, do you need a follower? Why do you need a follower? Now, remember, there's a lot of resources on SIBO in the Facebook group. If you click search and search for SIBO, there's a lot of questions asked around it that'll have a lot of resources for you. There's recipes in the Facebook group um, and there's also recipes on the main portal as well for you all. So when you start, um, when you first join the root cause program, if I suspect that you have SIBO or bacterial overgrowth symptoms, I will recommend the SIBO or the biphasic diet, okay? So if this is you, then you'll relate that you've looked at the biphasic diet handout and gone, okay. These are the foods I can eat. These are the foods I can't eat. Um, and if it's not on here, then I'm just assuming that I can't eat it, okay? So usually we go into restricted for around 7 to 10 days. Now, the most common symptoms that I recommend someone go into a SIBO diet with is stomach pain, gas bloating, um, IBS type symptoms, irregular bowel movements, those kinds of things. Okay. So that's the stuff that typically I would say, look, especially if you've got um, gas or anything like that, I would be like, Hey, let's definitely jump into the restricted for seven to 10 days. See how your symptoms change or loose stools is a really big one as well. Okay. If there's constipation, I might recommend it, but I'd also like to see you move into the semi-restricted a little bit faster just because we need that extra bit of fiber in there normally as well. So we go restricted seven to 10 days, monitor those changes in your digestion. A lot of people don't do this. They don't monitor it and they don't let me know. But when I touch back in base with them in a couple of weeks, they go, oh yeah, it made a huge difference. Okay. So Monitor that, do your seven to 10 days, depending on what your symptoms are like, okay? If someone has chronic loose stools and you will see this when you read through the biphasic handout and you read through the information that's in there, you'll see sometimes practitioners like to keep someone in this restricted for like six weeks, which is a really long time. But again, it depends on the severity of your symptoms, So we assume your bloating and gas generally changes, reduces a little bit. So then we can go into the semi-restricted, slowly adding some of those additional carbohydrates back in. This just allows us to see what you're going to react to, okay? Because the reality is, is you're not going to react to every single food. You're not going to react to every single carb. You're not, everyone's going to react to garlic or onion or mushrooms, okay? You are all so, so, so different. And when you download the Monash University app a little bit later and do full low FODMAP, you'll be able to see a traffic light system as to what foods you're probably going to react to based on what they're high in. If they're high in fructose, if they're high in sorbitol, you may react to certain things. I don't react to fructose, but I have a real issue with oligosaccharides. So with the high amounts of legumes, I find them still very hard to digest to this day. Okay, so it's going to vary. So do your restricted move into your semi-restricted, slowly add those foods in. And usually we sit on that for around four weeks, um, usually until I see you again, okay? So by then we may have your results, we may not, but we can usually gauge as to what's going on with your gut, what's going on with your bowel movements, um, are you losing weight, do we need to add more food in to stop that, um, are you not reacting at all, so that's okay. So it's just... Um, oops. Trying to find exactly what's working for you, add those carbohydrates in. I like to try and follow this for that first month um, before we start playing with it, okay? Because if you start too early after a week and start adding in a bit of gluten or a bit of buckwheat or something that's not listed, then you're kind of going, well, you know, you don't have clear guidelines of, of what's going on and we it's hard to see what foods you can react to. So I really like to sit in that semi-restricted just for a month to see where things are sitting, get your results, see where we're up to, then we can move into phase two, okay? When you're in phase two, there's not a huge difference from phase one semi-restricted to phase two. Um, There's a bit of potato, a bit of cacao, a few other bits and pieces, okay? So there's a few things that we can add in, but it's not like a huge, huge difference. When you're sitting in phase two, this is when I don't mind if you play around with things a little bit more, okay, with the the full low FODMAP side of stuff. So when uh, Then I'll go, okay, download the Monash University app, have a look at what's low FODMAP and maybe try and play and pull some of those things in. So that's when you can have a little bit more freedom because what's happening, and I'll put this in my slides, um, I'll come back to this, but basically what is happening in this SIBO stuff is... Um, is that with this phase two, you have more carbohydrates and in that full low FODMAP and you're into what we call the... Feed and kill phase. Okay. So sometimes we like to have a little bit more bacterial activity here so that your antimicrobials are more effective. Okay. So then it may mean you have a few more symptoms as your body's trying to adjust, but it will make those antimicrobials more effective. And symptoms aren't always bad. Okay. A little bit of bloating, a little bit of gas is not a bad thing. That is a normal thing. Your body's digesting stuff. Okay. It might be feeding bacteria it might be changing bacteria it's only if it's pain or excessive or a lot that we're going okay something's not right here so basically when you're hacking the SIBO diet that means finding the best foods for your body regardless of where things fall on the FODMAP spectrum For example, if you've done four weeks and you're in phase two and you're like, Sheridan, I really miss garlic. Can I trial a bit of garlic? I never had issues that I know of in the past. And this is is my number one pet peeve when people go to me. I never had issues with gluten, for example, pick a food, but you were constipated every day, you had bloating, you had gaseous you'd stomach pain. Well, how do you know it wasn't the gluten, okay? Or people say, oh, I don't have an issue with dairy. I can have dairy in my coffee. Okay, but you're having loose stools and bloating every day and that's why you're coming to see me. So remember, I do these things for a reason. The biphasic diet protocol removes fermentable foods, removes high histamines, removes um, salicylates. It removes a lot of things that are triggering on a bigger scale rather than just a SIBO scale as well okay so it's really really important to remember that and like I said like that's why I go do your month do your restricted do your semi-restricted Follow the guidelines, follow the principles, and then when we sort of have the results, we're adding in those antimicrobials, we can start to play with stuff a bit more. Then I'll go, cool, yeah, trial a little bit of gluten or trial a little bit of garlic, see how you go. If you have symptoms, then I would leave it out to we've done that gut rebuilding work. So generally, we have to do the gut rebuilding work before you can start to add in a whole heap of other foods. Okay. But basically, that's the hacking. It's going, okay. I don't react to a whole banana. I've tried half a banana in phase two and I still feel really good. So now I'm going to try a whole banana. Awesome, do that. Okay, so basically everyone's different. You're all going to tolerate different things, which is why if there's something that you tolerate fine and you're not having symptoms, I'm happy for you to eat it. This is not about restricting long-term. This is about balance in your body reducing your symptoms, but also allowing those good bacteria in the large intestine to be able to feed and grow. Um, So like I said, your tolerance levels are going to vary. Quantity matters here, guys. This is like so, so important. If you use the Monash uh, University FODMAP app, you will see that, okay? There is specific amounts of what is going to push you over the FODMAP threshold. If you have a look at the biphasic diet, there are amounts because there's so much your body can digest and handle before it's too much, all right? So as you find what your tolerance is, let's go back to the banana example, you can handle a full banana, awesome, use that, that's great, I have no issues with that. So as your body begins to heal, your symptoms will start to decrease and we can start to add more foods in. I do recommend trialing something for three days and then stopping for three days, okay, and just seeing how your symptoms had varied. That's usually because if I eat gluten, which I'm highly reactive and allergic to, it'll take me three to four days for me to get that out my system, the inflammation in my gut to come down and my stomach pain to go away, okay? If I take a supplement that's got um, artificial sweeteners in it, which I really react to, again, it'll take me three days to clear that and to feel normal again. Um, so number one question I get is, what happens if I eat something that's high FODMAP? Well, you're probably just going to get symptoms. Uh, that That's the reality of it. If you're eating consistently something that's inflammatory, like processed foods, canola oils, vegetable oils, um uh, gluten, if you're quite allergic to it, dairy, if your gut is not at a point that it can break down lactose, then you're going to cause inflammation. Then you're going to cause damage. Then you're you're you know you're causing issues. It's like eating something that you've got an immune response to. Okay, that I do not recommend. If You've got a wedding on the weekend and you can't control whether there's a bit of garlic or onion or tomato or whatever it is that you're reacting to, then that's different. Okay. But being in mind, you might have a sore stomach for the next day or two. You might be a bit bloated. You might have loose stools. And if you're okay with that, then eat those foods. Okay. So it's identifying what's causing damage. And what's just going to make me symptomatic for now because I've got this bacteria overgrowth in there. And when I feed that bacteria, it ferments that food and I feel really crap. Um, So the big questions that I just wanted to touch on Do I need to follow the SIBO diet? Yes, if I've recommended it in your onboarding call to do the restricted, the semi-restricted, and then we'll move into phase two and play with stuff, I do really recommend it. And I have my reasons for that, okay? Whether it's because I think you've got histamine or solicits um, that, that you're reacting to, whether I think you've got SIBO, whether I think you've got parasites, and I'm just trying to give you clear guidelines to get off some real inflammatory food, because if I don't give you clear enough principles, you do not follow them, okay? If I just say, oh, don't eat gluten, dairy, processed food, that's not enough information. Someone can be eating gluten-free food out of a packet like biscuits and think that it's fine because it has no gluten in it. Whereas if I give you a food list and say, this this is what you need to follow, You're gonna do it because it's written there and it's clear, okay? So I always have my reasons as to why I prescribe specific diets at specific times. What if I get hungry? Eat more protein and fat. That is the bottom line. You have to meal prep on SIBO because it's really, really freaking hard to do it without meal prep because you'll just be eating carrots and nuts most of the time because they're the only things that you can kind of grab, maybe a bit of capsicum and cucumber, Maybe, you know, like especially in that restricted, make sure you make meatballs, make meatloaf, um, have roast chicken on hand, um, you know, do like little curry things that you like, um, have stuff with coconut cream in it. So have things with a lot more fat, so they're going to be a lot more satin. Use the recipes on Facebook, use the recipes on the platform, see the meal prep and the snack ideas. They are all there for you and I've done countless webinars and things on this, okay? so meal prepping is my biggest 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 like must especially on that restricted and yes that may mean that for a week you're cooking differently to your family that is the reality of it it is hard it is tricky keep it simple for yourself okay just prep stuff that you like have salted macadamias on hand have a heap of meat on hand and have a lot of carrot sticks and um, make a few things that you like then when you're going to semi-restricted cool add in your fruits try a little bit of coconut yogurt make cacao hot chocolates do all those things And then when you go into phase two, then cool, we can, you know, pull in more potatoes and stuff, try a bit of sweet potato, try a bit of buckwheat, um, buckwheat sourdough, we can pull in more things, okay? Um, What do I eat? Again, that's all on the platform. How long do you need to be on it for? Seven to 10 days usually, unless there's something severe going on, I'll say longer. Trial that, see how your symptoms go. If your symptoms are reduced after around seven days, Awesome. Start to add in more carbs as soon as possible from the semi-restricted. Sit on that until I see you from your initial consult. And then we can discuss whether we're going phase two, full low FODMAP, or even just um, onto an even more extended open diet. Um, When can I add in new foods? Usually after a month, I'll allow you to play with it a little bit more. How do I trial new foods? Three days on, three days off is my usual principle what if I eat out? Yes, that is really tricky. You may not follow the principles. Don't stress yourself over it unless you're eating out every day. But if it's you are going out for a meal once or twice a week, it's not going to undo all your hard work. You just need to be mindful, may make you more symptomatic. Continue taking your supplements. Your supplements are going to carry the burden of a lot of this stuff. Um, what if I notice no difference on the diet that's actually kind of a good thing um, and may mean that you don't have SIBO we'll know more with your test results but my question also is if you're really symptomatic from it are you doing it properly have you checked the additives Um, and also sort of looking at what were you eating before as opposed to what are you eating now how many months do I have to be on it? Go back and read the biphasic dietary guidelines handout because that has a lot of this information on it from research around all this stuff. Like I'm not making this diet up for you guys to be a pain in the ass. Okay, I'm doing it because there's research based on it. Um usually depends on your protocol, maximums three months normally. So 12 weeks, if you're on antimicrobials, I don't push over 12 weeks. Some of you are on six to eight weeks, some of you more on that 12 week aspect. If your SIBO was really, really bad or really bad bacteria overgrowing a large intestine, but that's usually the the sort of end point. And then we definitely add more foods in and we're by, in a rebuild phase. By then you've been on probiotics for three or for months your gut is at a lot stronger point is it the same as low FODMAP no it's different it's more restrictive full low FODMAP can come in a little bit later thank you for listening to another episode of the empowered hormone podcast if you know a female who needs some empowerment please forward repost tag or share and let's get women talking